You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Thomas Trum. Thomas, thanks so much for talking with me today. Yes, thank you for the invitation. Thomas, to begin with, let's talk about your recent show um, in New York called uh, Loops. This was at, at the whole at the beginning of the summer. Uh, a really beautiful show that, that had quite an extraordinary mural painted on there. So um, tell me a little bit about this show that in, in, terms, of, in terms of your idea for the show. It was, uh, it was really kind of a remarkable way to use the space, I thought. I mean, they have a beautiful space there. Of yeah, course, yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, it was a wonderful yeah. way to use this space. Yeah, the show was at Bowery uh, at the whole location, and Katie, the owner of the whole, asked me, well, you work with these incredible machines, come over with these machines, and we do a performance, or we do a big, big murals, and then, um, yeah, it turned out uh, to be a show, a bigger show that took over the whole uh, gallery space, three murals involved and a few works on paper, uh, canvas and on paper. And the wall paintings were made with, um, or the murals, they were made with a line laser American um, a paint pump machine that is used to make road marking. And well, in my practice, I'm constantly uh, challenging and asking myself what is a painting technique and what comes out of that and what can we do with that and all all these these um, questions and we um, converted the the line laser like the road marking machine that it can spray on the wall a meter wide so I think three feet wide line that is looping and this is a in combination with the works on canvas that were market drawings and there is a different touch to it. So these the market drawings are made with a squeegee, really with a piece of felt on a really absorbent uh, canvas. And the, 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 the spray gun is really like a, a very new machine that came out a few years ago. So that's really a way of technical painting used by contractors. Yeah. So let's talk about both of those. Yeah, the the technical painting. I mean, right, there was three murals in there. They were huge. And, and this kind of uh, technical way of painting, of course, isn't, isn't typically used for, or isn't used the way you're using it because you have gradations of color in there, right? Oranges, yellows, reds that are, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look yeah. like very subtle gradations that uh, is completely new to that kind of machinery, right? I mean, I'm not quite sure how that works, but these machinery is meant to be monochromatic. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. So the machines are in in the field of airless spray paint pumps, and they are made to work like super efficient, very fast. Let's say if you have a factory uh, building. A few thousand square meters, and you want to paint it in some kind of a color or a house or whatever big project, you can do it really fast. But these machines are so, yeah, they're so incredible. You can, of course, do much more with it than paint a house. And I'm a bit, uh, my background is a bit from the street, so 
when I was young, I was very involved in the graffiti scene in the Netherlands. And then seeing these machines are like a dream, you know. They, they now run on batteries, so you can take them on whatever you want. <laughs> but, um, yeah, after practicing and trying really trail and error, they turned out to be fantastic machines to make gradients. So you put in, for instance, a yellow, and then after the yellow is in, in the whole system, you put in red, and then the machine makes a gradient. That's like, yeah, something... Sometimes you can work with... Um, let's say if you put uh, red and green together on a palette, like a traditional painter, you will end up like a, a gnarly, gnarly color, like a brownish, uh, not fresh color. But if you put them in the machine, you get a gradient from green to red. But this is almost impossible, but it's, it still survives. Yeah. And that's, that's uh, fascinating. And then and so the machine itself is, is, is portable. You could as as a you know, a graffiti artist essentially take this around town and and, and, and yeah. work publicly, illegally, right? I mean that yeah, would be you possible. Can, yeah, and then you can be in a few days you can be really the king of this city, I guess, because it's so fast and so big, you know. You can do big tags in yeah, well, in seconds. But I'm not really interested in that field anymore. And now looking into this line that I'm... So my main topic for a few years now is the line. And the line shouldn't be any type of letter or word or it should be really a line that is doing something. So that's maybe my... Uh, I don't know how to say this. Like, that's what I... Uh, suffered from in graffiti that is always like you look for a kind of a readable piece and I want to search for a different kind of re- reading that you look at the piece but you can't read. More an international language without words, without letters. But um, that makes, yeah, sense. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And another thing that is very interesting is my body to the machine so I like uh, the machine is some kind of an automatic pump but I don't like that the, that the wheels would be on the motor or it's really interesting that I push the machine and that I control the end result of the machine and there is some kind of an imperfection but that gives it some kind of an extra weird layer and that's that's a thin line so my there, were, there was a video of the, the big loopy color changing wall painting that uh, yeah, really showed the force that I have to use to control this line. And it's like within five minutes or something. Yeah. And, and, and these kind of works, these murals, I mean, I want to talk about the other works in there too, but these murals and this machine, this is something that could be commissioned in collector's home how are these um collected essentially how are these um, yeah they 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 don't work on a on a surface like a canvas they really have to be on site site specific on a wall and then of course you need some kind of a, a big wall in the netherlands like we we work with the metric system so in the netherlands it's rare to see uh in a collector's house, a uh, ceiling uh, wider than three meters, so that's like 
nine feet. And I think that's a bit too small for this kind of, you need some, some big space, you need some height. And because it's so um, big and it's so explosive in a way, and you need to, to, to get some distance. But yeah, that's what I think this is perfect for an installation and not on a canvas. And the, different, the, the other works are really better on the canvas than on the wall, yeah. So let's talk about the other works, because the other works are also, of course, involved with color in, um, in a similar way, right? I mean, looking at them and getting yeah. close to them, there were so many layers, and the way they were saturated has something specific to do with, um, with the materials you're using, right? The, the, yeah, the felt and otherwise, yeah. these are also about color and, and, and mixing to some degree. Yeah, and, and stacking layers. So these works are always mon monochrome. So I work with uh, one color and then one, two, three, or four lines on, on one single um, surface. And the nice thing about this is that, so I make this kind of a marker myself. It's really like um, a how, is it, how a fresco is made uh, years ago or thousands of years ago, you know. Um, really, it goes really into the surface, and with the sprayer, you really add like a millimeter of paint, like in each second. So this is very different, and the um, the shapes are okay. The, the shapes are also loops in this in this series. That's why they came together. Um, but the marker, like where they start, they are very saturated. You see at the start are very bright. And then they became they, be, they become a bit less, but then they stay. Um, I can do a line that's over 10 meters without refilling the marker, and it stays consistent. And that's in, if you that if you compare that with classical painting, like a brush, you have a really fat. Um, yeah, we say a tooth, like a, uh, when you start painting, it's really thick, and then. After 10, 20 centimeters, depends on, on the, the brush, you start to see the hairs of the brush. So you lose all the paint. And in, in this kind of technique that I developed, it's really like a marker that you use for study. So all people studying at Yale University, they will have this neon bright markers, you know, putting in their books. They do the same. They make a line that's like, consistent over a few meters or even more. Yeah, that's so that's so interesting. And then of course what happens uh to these is is something else, right? What's happening to them is that they're um the the, the layers that you're creating and the way these lines are crossing create other other richer colors. There's a there's an aspect yeah. to the way these are being mixed that that's specific to the medium, right? That doesn't really, it's almost yeah. like the machine that you're using where you said the gradient is created in a very specific way. With these markers, there's something specific happening with, with color too, right? And, and how it's being mixed. Yeah, so it's um, an acrylic paint that is seduced by 60% or maybe 80 with water. And it's like dry within seconds. So you can go within a single line, you can go over and over without erasing the, 
the trace you you made earlier and then you get a kind of a layer stacking and you 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 will sometimes i make a line drawing with one line and you see a circle but in fact it's like one u-shaped line over the other u-shaped line so two bends actually that together make the circle but i didn't make the circle well it's a game it's a uh, it's constantly uh challenging this kind of visual uh language that that appears and how the line is really made yeah 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 so, that's so interesting because 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 the line like you're saying sorry to interrupt but the line is you know especially going off the machine is reaching for perfection right and especially with the kind of street lines but you're yeah. you're working with the that impossibility right there's there's an aspect of that that you're continually it seems to me um uh challenging because there's always somehow the 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 touch of the hand in here right yeah and once once again i think that's very important so uh one of my neighbors in the studio has a a cnc drawing machine and they uh, adjusted um an airbrush painting painting uh, gun on it and then they make this computerized uh, paintings and it's really it loses a kind of uh, touch that I really enjoy watching like if you make a line with an airbrush by hand you never ever can make the, the, the same uh, consistency a computer does but uh, I really prefer the the hand touch. Even my work is kind of very technical approach. You really need, um, yeah, <laughs> the the hand from the maester, we say. But I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's so that's so interesting. And so, um, what's happening in your studio now? Are you are you working with similar materials or experimenting in different ways? What's happening right now in your studio? Yeah, I'm working on um, a big museum show that opens next year, February, uh, in the Netherlands. And it's two big, um, yeah, two big uh, white spaces that I have to fill. And I'm working on very big canvases, like over nine feet on Medunoir with the marker. And I'm now really focusing on scaling up so to give you an idea i um when i start working like i i work within uh works on paper market drawings uh, a canvas that is like four feet high or something and then i made a very big one that that was in the whole uh, expo i i was working in photoshop after i photographed all the pieces and I have no refer um, uh, scale reference so there was no uh, floor visible or whatever and actually you couldn't say which one was bigger even like one was twice as big and that's a very important part of scale and scaling up without losing uh, some of the detail so I'm really pushing the limits for really big 
big markers, markers that. So we recently did a commission piece uh, that was a uh, four by six meters. So I'm not sure in feet, but it's like very big. And in the market drawing series. And then in the meantime, I'm working on a, a new sprayer, like the looping uh, airless spray gun. But I'm now looking into agricultural sprayers that are used on the land to make or to spray pesticides or whatever. Because they can make a yeah they make they make a really big line, so I'm aiming for a spray gun that makes also a line like nine feet instant. But it's a wow, very uh, experimental yeah. project. Yeah, that sounds that sounds exciting, especially for a museum show. So I mean, we're talking about form and color, of course, so much, and this is what your work is is about. Do you see also any kind of um, uh, a narrative in your work? I, I, I would expect that, that there isn't one, but do you see one that way? Is this more a way of uh, that the viewer is getting immersed in an experience of color and form and, you know, similar to um, other work that, that isn't figurative or narrative, or do you see any kind of a narrative in that? How, how do you see that? Yeah, so my work is definitely not figurative, but I see the line as a figure, and then this there is emotion going on, but I'm not so... Yeah, my works are very abstract in a way, and then sometimes uh, a visitor or a client, when they purchase purchase a piece, and I, I did an installation, he, he, he told me a story about it was a one-line drawing with three circles, and he, he he made a whole story about his life, and he was divorced, and he had three kids, and so the piece really became a symbol for his life, and I was really like, whoa, this is crazy. I really understand the question. Well, it, 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 it literally became figurative and narrative, you're saying. In, in yeah, the- yeah. So, so sometimes it's a bonus that happens, but yeah, in or for 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 this for this person i guess um that's yeah but my work is like my approach is very technical but i don't like to say it is a a landscape of the dutchies reclaiming more land you know but it is in, it is somehow involved in it but yeah also if you see the titles of my work they are really you maybe need the title and then can watch the piece better. That's that's the aim I'm I'm working, I'm looking for. That people really got it going in, going into the painting, and then even more without doing some politics or, yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I'm glad we touched a little bit on the politics at the end, though, because you you also talked about reclaiming land a little bit quickly here. Um, yeah, 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 and, definitely. So, and by that, what, what do you mean? Very, because the titles are often very straightforward, like three orange lines or two blue lines. But what do you mean by reclaiming land? Well, my inspiration comes not from the art store, but more from a big harbor we have, and then uh, you know, huge industry or spray pumps or agricultural. And well, I'm based in the Netherlands, and we are very, very good in farming. Um, we are a very small country, but we, our 
uh, land that we can live on grows every year. Like the last 50 years or something, we 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 grown like 25%. So we um, we dig out uh, land from the sea, and we we work. We, we are constantly fighting with the water. So in a way, we are very innovative in terms of these kind of questions. And that's what I mean with uh, agricultural, uh, all these parts. Like farmers are very good at making the perfect tools and then all the tools do what they want to be more efficient. And then is, that's where you, you touch the reclaiming land. So it has nothing to do with uh, stupid stuff that happens in Ukraine or Oh, that's of course terrible. I want to stay away from that, but it's more the, yeah, innovative, in, innovative side of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So true. Um, well, thanks so much for for sharing this with me. It's been great talking to you. I wanted to ask you one more question, which is, uh, what are you reading at the moment? Yeah, I just, uh, I'm just halfway in the Hitchhiker's Guide. Uh, to the galaxy <laughs> it's really a book about uh, deep deep space but on a really funny way and you look at you really look at the earth on a different kind of yeah it's amazing I really recommend everybody to read it I don't well, know thank the you. author actually the author yeah that's Douglas Adams but yeah that's a great a great book um Thomas, I want to oh, thank you thank so you. much for talking with me today. I really appreciate your time and work. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for the invitation. Thanks. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. <laughs>